afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with podcast number 44. Pat Caputo was uh, my longtime radio partner, first ever guest on this podcast, and it is nice to have him back. And on the other end of the line, Pat, how are you? I'm doing well, Dennis. How about yourself? You doing good? I'm doing all right. I just punched a couple numbers there, and uh, I wasn't hearing what I was supposed to, but I hear you loud and clear, and I hear the music, so that is what matters, and and, it, and it's all good. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, these last three months, you know, at the beginning of in, – in March and at the beginning of April, we had so much time, you know, we kept thinking, well, you know, let's see what goes on in June. What's going to happen in – July and then they they sent these they set these dates to get this all going and we're we're getting a little bit closer here but we, I don't know about the, the the feeling around the country all, all of that kind of seems the same when it comes down to the virus you know what I mean yeah well uh, the cases have spiked uh, down south you know and uh, they're back up uh, at a high level as ever in California so even though they're they stayed relatively lower here they've doubled. Uh, in recent weeks, uh, but uh, they have been down quite a bit. Uh, the infection rate is, is nationally is stunning. And, you know, look how many great players are from Florida uh, recruited across the country. And, you know, you had uh, the most uh, cases in any state in one day just a couple of days ago, more than 15,000. So I didn't see what the numbers were today, but when you start getting up to 68,000, uh, 70,000 in a day, of uh, new cases, it's, uh, it's it's alarming, and you're right. Schools approaching, they're you know, what are we going to do about that? Uh, fall sports, and yet we've opened up uh, to a degree that we weren't a few months ago. Yet we don't know whether it's safe, unsafe, or what could happen. Uh, it's just a an odd time, a scary time, and most of all, that it's just an uncertain time. And uncertainty is uh, a feeling that uh, people get very, very uncomfortable about. Very uncomfortable. Sure, and it's understandable. And in all of these sports, they all have their challenges. Uh, all of them are tricky. You know, just looking at college football last week, what the Big Ten decided to do after the Ivy League said that they were going to shut down their season, and then the Big Ten eliminates their non-conference, and then the the Pac-12 does the same. It does buy them some time, but you know, football is very challenging when you just think about the sport to begin with, and then where it's played across this country, even if things started looking up uh, down south, if it moved out west, I mean, you just, wherever you're at, it's so unpredictable there. Football always had the challenge of it's not a socially distant sport, and then college football in particular, where you you factor in the students and the liability and everything, It's it's been a it's been a grim week for, for college football fans where they thought like, okay, uh, really, Pat, three weeks ago, I heard Reese Davis, you know, college football guy, saying that he felt like it was a 95% assurity that they were going to have football. Last week he was down to 70%, and, you know, that was the day before the Big Ten canceled. So uh, I, I bet his percentages are dropping. Yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's completely up in the air, and it's uh, predicated by something that – doesn't seem like even people a lot smarter than I, for sure, uh, know that much about you know, the, the folks that track the, the virus as close as possible. And with the college athletics, there's particular challenge. Now, we'll see what happens with baseball as they move forward, the NBA being in the bubble. 
uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, how those things all work. And uh, I think that might give a precursor for perhaps some hope for football if they're able to do that in the NFL. Uh, it's obviously more complex uh, with college football. And, you know, Dennis, uh, they had a pandemic oh, more than 100 years ago. And in that pandemic, they did play five games. And there were 20,000 people at the Michigan-Michigan State game that year. But those games, uh, all they played one game and the rest were played in November. And so uh, I don't know whether you can stop, start, all those different factors that come up. It just takes a tragedy or two involving an athlete, uh, regardless of any different position, or somebody else that's uh, involved in it uh, for uh, people to start looking at it differently. That's the unfortunate part. Yet, I thought Jim Harbaugh made a good point uh, when he talked to the media last week about, like, you know, the, the virus is here and uh, we have to live with it. How are we going to live with it? And uh, so do we, I don't know, it's just a, it's a question that I, a lot of people, a lot smarter than me don't have answers for, but uh, uh, just the bottom line about it, uh, it's an uneasy feeling and uh, life has changed so much uh, in so many ways, especially for those of us who are involved in sports, that's for sure. Yeah, you, you, you think about the, the liability issues and just, you know, we're not lawyers, but a, a bunch of that is going to come up for sure. You think about the money in the NFL, I just saw yesterday that if they play one game in the NFL, their contracts are guaranteed. So that's going to be a big determining factor for the National yeah. Football League. You know, that, that, that'll be for sure when it comes down to them. And then uh, we do have – that. You, you're right. You know, there's going to be the NHL, the NBA, and baseball. And we're sitting here nine – what, nine, ten days away from the Tigers having a – an opening game against the Reds. Did you, did you watch any of these uh, intra-squad games? Anything in particular come out of those games that uh, that piqued your interest? Well, yeah, I've watched uh, all of the streaming that's been available on it. And uh, what I've seen, uh, yeah, their uh, young prospects look pretty good. I mean, uh, Casey Mize uh, going out and getting seven straight hitters out and striking out Megan on three pitches and Nico Goodrum on three pitches. He looks major league ready, uh, and he's always gotten out of the shield, at least the last two years, his last year at Auburn, and uh, his first year in professional ball quickly. Uh, to me, it's like he should be on the team, and uh, he should be somebody that uh, helps them win games. Uh, not putting him on the team if he continues to throw like this in these inter-squad games uh, would actually not be a good thing. I mean, it would be like the Tigers keeping Justin Verlander off the 2006. That's how good he's throwing. Uh, now, his big issue is he gets to 100 innings or something. Is he able to push through that 150 or whatever uh, when it gets a little deeper in the season when his arm kind of gets tuckered out and everything? But that's not going to be an issue in a 60-game season. So, you know, all the excuses about service time or anything, if the guy's ready, you know, put him in the major leagues. It didn't go so well for Matt Manning. The other thing is Riley Green is a defender. Obviously, he's a top-end hitter, and uh, you remember uh, talking to me about this, I'm sure, about Riley Green is be a multi-dimensional enough player to be uh, justified taking him in fifth overall in the draft. He certainly is. Uh, I think he's going to be the Tigers' center fielder of the future, and I think those catches that he's made uh, during the inter-squad games are indicative of uh, a plus defender, not somebody that uh, is uh, you know, even average defender. So that, if he hits as projected, uh, could have uh, big ramifications for the Tigers in the future. And it looks like they've made good choices when they've had top 10 picks. 
uh, you know, the competitive balance of the draft seems to be working for the Tigers in this rebuild. Uh, in the previous years, so the previous dra- uh, time when they were rebuilding, they missed on a lot of picks that were within the top 11. Guys that didn't even play in the major leagues in a lot of instances. They missed on Matt Anderson, first overall, Eric Monson, third overall, uh, Seth Greisinger, sixth overall, Matt Wheatland. I mean, I could go on the list, Kenny Fowle. Uh, just, you know, one pitcher after another and player after another. Matt Bronson, the shortstop. That's why the rebuild took a dozen years. And then when they hit with Justin Verlander uh, two years later, uh, the rebuild was completely ended up uh, being in the uh, World Series. And it, some free agent signings, but also uh, some of their minor league players like Granderson and Inge doing well. And uh, Joel Zamaya, along with uh, Verlander, uh, that made all the difference in the world. And it appears at least to this point. You know, these guys have played in the major leagues yet, obviously, but uh, that they're ahead of that curve and that they uh, might be doing a real good job uh, and benefiting uh, from the baseball draft, which is a lot more iffy than other professional sports drafts. Yeah, that Riley Green catch, that was uh, that was a highlight for sure. I mean, that would have been a, a highlight anywhere, but when you see a guy that was just uh, the, the fifth overall pick last year do that, and we're, we're pretty sure we're not going to see him that at all. That would be you know, quite well, an obsession he did for hit him. Two, yeah, he, he did hit 219 in over 100 at bats yeah. at West Michigan last year. So, you know, you don't want to get ahead of the curve on that or people who are already judging Spencer Torkelson by inter-squad games uh, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, but you, uh, you can see a future for them that, uh, maybe they're doing things right right now. And I think Riley Green, uh, the way they, uh, kind of vetted that to draft pick last year was very good and a good sign for the Tigers. Yeah. I just wonder when you mention all those names and, and, and Torkelson is one, like if Tiger fans knew exactly, you know, how many games that he had to play where you might get robbed or, or, or you have to pay him quicker, which means that, you know, he might hit free agency and you could end up losing him uh, that would be that would be nice to know but it, it's also it would be really nice to know that like if the Tigers didn't get off to a very good start after 20 games and it wouldn't ruin you know having him where he would go to arbitration quicker if he you know played in in 10 or 20 games and, and got his feet wet that would be a, a heck of a lot more exciting it just you know as a fan it's like yeah you love Torkelson, Torkelson you want to see him but yet, um, well, wait a second. We don't want to see him too much where, you know, in, in a couple of years when this team is supposed to be competing, that, you, you know, you, you might have to start paying him too much, which is going to affect you. I mean, that's, that's one of those things that's a, that's, a, that's a tough thing as a fan to try to figure out, you know, what you're rooting for when it comes down to your prized players. Well, I think too much is made of it myself. Uh, did, did anybody think about that when they brought up Verlander? Uh, did was it a factor ultimately? Uh, was no. it a factor uh, uh, with uh, Joel Zamaya? Uh, was it a factor with Curtis Granderson? You know, was it a factor with Brandon Inge? Uh, those players that they developed from their own system in their previous rebuild. Um, you know, the analytics have changed a lot of the way things are looked at. I, I get that uh, probably as much as anybody uh, in the media, but uh, just uh, looking at it, uh, I think a little bit too much is made out of that, especially. Uh, when you're trying to look at the bigger picture of what next year is going to be like, uh, the Tigers already released their schedule. Uh, but what do you think it's going to be like in March? You know, uh, is uh, are the pandemic going to be completely gone away? Uh, is uh, there a possibility that the Players Association and the owners are back at it again? 
And then uh, after that, the collective bargaining agreement is over, and then they got to negotiate again. So this might be a window of opportunity, actually, to play guys, you know, and uh, get them some experience that you might not have. With the minor leagues, everything is up in the air. So if you just sit on them, which is what you know, most uh, uh, people around the game or in the industry would say, I think most media uh, that are involved in the game would have that thought, but uh, they, they might change uh, actually in the next collective bargaining, all the rules that they have or some of the rules that might be tweaked in one way, direction or another. So, and uh, what is, you know, somebody like Mize or whatever, is 25 years old before you put him in the major leagues and he's ready. So, and it also sends out a message, you know, it's like if you're pitching Jordan Zimmerman and you know Casey Mize is better and their fans know that, uh, how's that uh, going to fly with them? And, you know, what does that tell you about, you know, respect for the game and what you're trying to do to be competitive? So I have a little bit different view on that, uh, maybe than some others on it. I don't think it's quite as cut and dried uh, that they should do that. You should put your best team on the field. And you can make up service time, Dennis. You know, you can start guys in Toledo or whatever mm. in the future, uh, that type of thing. And then it's 172 days is what it is. It's prorated for this year, but it's 172 days in the league. That's uh, what it is uh, to count for you. It's one day for one day that you're on that, uh, that big league roster in, in the big league. So it's, uh, there's a lot of ways to get around it and give them some experience. Yeah, very good points there. You know, the one part you brought up, not next year, but 22, having me think about Rob Manfred and Tony Clark butting heads again, trying to figure out how to get a season on track when they couldn't do it here. I don't look forward to that. So, yeah, that's something. I think they need to find uh, two other guys to make the deal there. Not not a guy who enjoys – well, I don't know if he enjoys labor strife, but, I mean, that's his background, talking about Rob Manfred. Maybe they should get somebody else in there after seeing how this one went. You know, Pat, when you look at these 60 games, uh, there's a notion that after these 60 games that the Tigers – you mentioned that R word a couple times already – that their rebuild is over. After these 60 games, would you tell Tiger fans that the the rebuild is over, or is it going to be, let's see what happens in these 60 games? Well, their rebuild's far from over. Uh, It's going to have some setbacks and some surges, probably. It's going to be something that's going to be a work in progress. Uh, They're fired. I mean, it's 47 games last year, and that was the fourth (laughs) and fourth record. Uh, in the history of uh, baseball for 162-game season. So uh, that's something that they're they're far, far away from being over. I mean, their division's tough. Minnesota is a really good team. The White Sox, uh, despite some pitching problems that have come up here late, might be pretty formidable. I mean, Cleveland still has Lindor and some others. So uh, they got to play those teams a lot. Uh, it's it, And they got some good teams that are in the uh, National League Central. So... I don't know. I think they're going to be improved and respectable, and they might be on the right track, but the rebuild is uh, far from over. And what's the bad part about it from their uh, point of view is uh, the whole minor league system has been just totally disjointed. And how do you develop players uh, through this, you know, to come up and, and complete a rebuild? That's the hardest part. I think it affects organizations like the Tigers more than others. Yeah, I wonder how this is going to go for the team, how they're going to look at it. You know, if you look at one game is worth like three or four games in a regular season, does that mean the 10-game mark is the old 40-game mark? 
So, <laughs> you know, are you, are you going to have to really check yourself at, as an organization here if they have some success? Like, you know, they, they win six, seven games here in the first 10. Does that change just how they're going to look at this, you know, this sprint? Or if they just win, you know, three games here, start out three and seven, is this one of those where, you know, then it's going to affect them? That's what's fascinating to me. I don't know how they're going to handle that. No, neither do I. And I'm not so sure right now there's some master plan on that, you know, where uh, they're at this point, they're here or there. I think uh, they'll observe and then they'll react uh, in that uh, context. Uh, when you look at uh, the way the organization's being built, I don't think they're going to be uh, in a spot where they'll look at it and just uh, overreact if they're seven and three. I don't think it'll be like uh, all hands on deck. The other thing too is that they're seven and three. It's not going to be with Torkelson. It probably won't be with Mize. So my guess on it is that they won't keep him to start the year. Uh, that uh, they might look at it if they get a little bit deeper, then they'll put him in there. Or if Matt Manning starts to turn it around and throw. Uh, they'll start looking at that uh, as a possibility. The one thing is uh, the beauty of these inter-squad games, and it was a good part of spring training, is you saw the kids that everybody's so excited about. But once the season starts and you don't have the kids in there anymore, what do you get excited about? And, you know, Probably the biggest factor is if Miggy goes off and does some things. I, Dennis, I think they're better. You know, I think Cron uh, and Scope, those guys will help them a lot. Austin Romine is a catcher, will help them a lot. Uh, Cameron Maven and a revived Miggy, it appears, uh, that's more than half their lineup. So they should be able to produce some runs. And there's some pitching depth there. Spencer Turnbull's a little underrated. We'll have to see on Daniel Norris after, you know, his uh, uh, setback with the COVID. But uh, those two had underrated seasons last year when you looked at them metrically. So they're better. But uh, is it going to translate into wins and losses and people thinking they're going to win the pennant? I don't know, ultimately, when they play the game. I think there'll be a lot of excitement when they play them initially. Uh, I think people really follow it a lot. And, uh, you know, if they play respectable baseball, I think uh, it'll help a long way in the rebuild, just kind of getting the town back on their side a little bit after the disappointment of the last year, which was a particularly bad season for the Tigers. Yeah, I hear you about that. I, I was zooming in or tuning in on those uh, those feeds over the weekend it, you know, it was odd. I mean, it was odd not having an umpire back there. And, you know, you, you just watch and, and maybe for a second, you know, you forget about everything that, you know, is going on in the world, virus and everything else and not having any fans there. Yeah. Although that definitely stands out. But, you know, there's a couple times you just the crack of the bat or, or just the, the other sounds that you can hear in the building or yeah. you can hear the guys chattering in the dugout. I mean, I, I hope it all happens. I'm just hoping, you know, of course, we know it's going to be way different. So. They can go ahead, all of that. I hope we are talking about, you know, whether the, you know, if the Tigers win 30 games, some, you know, like two years ago, even though they lost 99 games, they were sitting there on Father's Day, ironically enough, going down to play the Reds where they had, they had Boyd and Fulmer lined up and, you know, they're thinking about climbing above 500. That was on June 17th. So, you know, that was a hundred loss team. So they could go out there and I don't, you know, I predicted them to go 500 sounds a little bit wild, but and I don't even know what it means. I don't think it's going to have them in the, you know, winning in the playoffs or, or you know, getting there and, you know, somehow being able to do it. I mean, I that bullpen looks a little shaky to me on paper, but, uh, but just to get you some of that excitement and and for this team to, 
it could be a, a like you said to your point a benefit just to have them out there and yet yeah, it might not mean a whole heck of a lot but it would keep you engaged if they just stayed close to 500 and just didn't have the the worst record didn't come out and stub their toe in the first 10 games you know well you know it'd be nice to have some fun just watching a ball game <laughs> yeah. on tv and you know and uh just that's the, the primary uh, uh element of baseball the tigers in their entire history you know, uh, more than a hundred years, far more than a hundred years, have won four World Series, uh, and they've won what uh, pennant maybe once a decade along those lines. Uh, so, you know, a lot of years that they've been entertained and provided entertainment, and people have enjoyed watching baseball. The team wasn't that good, and they still enjoyed baseball. Uh, so, the entire point of it is, I think, this year and last year, they played so poorly uh, that a lot of that element kind of went away, but. This year, uh, with the anticipation of the season, uh, the fact that we haven't had live sports, uh, the fact that there's only 60 games, hopefully in those 60 games, uh, they provide some entertainment and that we enjoy that and enjoy baseball again because I think it's something that we really need. And the other thing is, with the Pistons not being involved in the uh, bubble down in Orlando and the Red Wings not being involved in the hub cities in the NHL, and I don't know, Lions and training camp, how that's all going to go. And uh, the preseason, we'll have to see on that. Uh, there's a possibility, though, that the Tigers are going to be like the only game in town here. So it's very important, I think, to a sense that they play respectable baseball from that aspect. So we can just simply enjoy sports. Excellent point. You don't want to, like, uh, I'm counting down those days, 9, 10 days, till Friday the 24th when they – play the Reds, but, uh, but yeah, you know, the, the next week uh, I could see people, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it all the way through, but I could see people tuning into to hockey. I mean, it's play going to be playoff hockey, not right off the bat, same thing with basketball, but in that first week of August, and hopefully all that happens. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, that's the thing with me, Pat, like we can sit here and I could start talking about service time and uh, what if they get off and stub their toe and all this, but man, if, if somehow it feels a little bit like it'll be a minor miracle if they play a 60 game season and get these, uh, these playoffs and somehow they're able to, you know, get into October and the same thing with basketball and the same thing with hockey and they don't have, uh, you know, major setbacks or they have to shut the whole thing down. Like that part's a minor miracle. Like I'm going into it. Like we could be sitting here August 1st and they might pull all of the teams and just say, hey, look, they tried, we tried, and, you know, we might be back to, to square one. So I got my fingers crossed that we can just get it all out there. And your, your word there, fun, that it, it could be fun like it used to be. And, you know, that's that's all my, like what you say, hope or, you know, I don't have expectations. Just, uh, just hope. Yeah, it'd be, nice some, yeah it'd be nice to have some fun, you know, and just enjoy some sports. And maybe get the basketball. A tournament in. They have played some PGA golf. NASCAR has moved on and kept going. So they're having, you know, soccer in Europe, there were the section rates a lot less than it is here. Granted, they've been playing. So there are some sports that have been going on uh, and have been. So we'll see if they're, they're able to keep this going at the high level. And, uh, you know, it'd be odd without football in the fall, especially out in Ann Arbor and East Lansing, where we have Big Ten teams, the Mac schools. Uh, where there's, it's such an important part of, you know, our landscape, you know, so we have to, it's just, the, the uncertainty is the hardest part of the whole pandemic. It's that way 
in things that are far more serious than what we're talking about. Uh, but it's in sports, it's the same thing. It's just odd with the world without sports, you know. Uh, my feeling on it, I feel in a way like I don't have my best friend. You're kind of the same way. You know, we love sports so much. So it's uh, definitely affected uh, a lot of lives and uh, not to have it. So hopefully uh, we're able to have it here sooner instead of later, for sure, and that it is able to go on. So it's a bit of a scary landscape, you know, but there was good news. Uh, there weren't that many positive tests of the NBA players or the NHL players going into their uh, so-called bubbles. Uh, it has, you know, it's hard to tell with baseball uh, because the uh, players that aren't playing, they won't tell you why they're not playing uh, in these uh, uh, inter-squad games and in the summer camps uh, because of uh, various rules that have been set on it. So, and it, it, I hope uh, everything goes well in terms of the safety of it all. I don't want to see anybody get sick or, you know, that's the, the biggest issue of all is, you know, not to have somebody get sick. Uh, beyond uh, and then, then have some regrets that way. No doubt. Well, Tigers playing this weekend in the PGA Tour. Then a week from Friday, the the Tigers will will play that opener down in Cincinnati. So we do have something to look forward to. I was looking forward to this uh, this podcast, and it met my expectations, Pat. So I certainly appreciate your time and all the best to you. Continued success, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll talk in August, and we'll be you know actually talking about your best friend, the games. The sports. There you go. Yeah, there you I go. appreciate it, Dennis. And I appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me on, buddy. All right. Take care of yourself, Pat. Take care of you too, buddy. There take he care. is. Matt Caputo. He's, uh, he's ready. He's ready for some baseball. Enough to tell you. He really likes baseball. But he likes hockey, too. And basketball. And football. That's why he does what he does. He really likes sports and competition. All right. That is going to do it here for this podcast. Podcast number 44. I hope you're doing all those things that people say that do podcasts like subscribe. It's great that you're listening. You're doing that right now. But you rate... Even if you think it sucks, you know, in there, punch in a one star. <laughs> Don't do that. Punch in a five star. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Do all those things. I appreciate it. Take care. <laughs>